<laughs> Seriously, we have to hear that one again. Hi, y'all. This is You True with Danae. And we're talking about family scapegoats, specifically what questions that I myself would like to be asked as a family scapegoat. And just to review, I was also a golden child. So I was a golden child from elementary, part of elementary school. Um, you know, when I started doing, um, like trying out for plays and little solos at the recitals and things like that. So, and then that carried over into junior high. I, um, I was also a very obedient child. Like I obeyed like I was in the military. So I listened and took direction very well and did not deviate. So there wasn't much of me getting in trouble. And that was learned. You know, I learned how to do that. And it's my nature to want to do the right thing. I think I think most of us have that nature. We want to do the right thing. Some of us want to do it independently, you know, in our own way. I was very much happy to um, do it in the way that I was told to do. So we all have uh, different variations of just wanting to be good people, good humans, and doing the right thing. So um, my way really set me up to be the golden child because I was doing it my way, the way that someone else wanted me to do it, which was fine with me. It was great. And then in junior high, I wanted to make straight A's. I wanted to be in sports and clubs and do activities. And I was doing them the best I could and just happened to be good at some stuff and to perform at the high levels. And I also, from about I think third grade on, I had decided that I just wanted to be kind to everyone and to never hate anyone. And that's how I was. I just, I had made that decision um, by the grace of God. I had made that decision early on and just lived true to that through junior high, high school and beyond. I still want to do that today. Um, so then in high school, I again wanted to be good to everyone and I wanted to play sports and I wanted to be in activities and clubs and I wanted to make good grades. And that's what I did. So that was, of course, if if you're, you're doing what your parents are telling you and you're performing and achieving at a high level in all the activities that you want to do, which was most of them um, that you could do then of course you're going to be favored. And right after my graduation, it was actually in the parking lot. Um, the person who, you know, kind of set the rules for me and all that kind of had a shift in attitude towards me because I threw my, I had taken my tassel off at the end of graduation and I had thrown my cap and, um, that, you know, there was a little upset in the parking lot about that. And I could feel that there was a shift in um, the way that I was being treated. Um, because really, it's just your cardboard cap. And I could kind of like, that was not a big deal. 
I saved the tassel, <laughs> you know? So let's move forward on to um, th- that, that shift in the way I was going to be treated now. Um, really, I'll say it had an effect on me. It had a real dampening effect on um, my feeling of thinking what, what I, like before I felt very confident and sure. And then after that shift happened, you know, at graduation and then over the summer, that shift continued, I started to doubt myself and not to feel confident and not to feel sure anymore and to um, just question every little thing I did. Oh, and then if I move forward to the age of 21, I met my husband, who's still my husband. He's been my husband through thick and thin for 25 years. And he asked me to marry him. And on the night that he went to go tell my dad of his intentions, and if I wanted to marry him, of course I did. He knew that, that this is what he wanted to do. Uh, we walked in, and the person who scapegoated me probably for my whole life um, said to my, after my husband said what he wanted to do to marry me, um, it was said, well, you better have good insurance or lots of money because she's going to need a lot of counseling. And I was taken aback. I didn't address it. I wish I would have. Like, what do you mean by that? (laughs) You know, but I didn't question this person. Um, I I didn't think to ask questions. I didn't think to challenge that statement. I just let it go because it didn't mean anything to me because I didn't have anything wrong with me because I don't. You know, I, I I didn't fight with people. I didn't have highs and lows. Um, I wasn't always, you know, super misconfident anymore, but I wasn't, I was stable. I was a stable individual. And that comment just took me back and it was really unwarranted. So I never addressed it. Well, that, my folks, was the beginning of the smear campaign. And that smear that I was um, mentally ill bipolar crazy was taken to so many people and even my in-laws and some, some people took it and ran with it. And some people probably didn't kept it quiet. Didn't say anything, didn't agree, but didn't say anything, didn't feel like it was their place. So that smear campaign went on for 20 years behind my back. Um, I knew that someone in my family was, and this was like entire family, extended family, so all in-laws and my family of origin, um, all extended. I knew that someone in my family was saying that I was crazy, like intuitively. I just didn't know who was saying it to address it. And no one was really telling me. Um, I had a little niece tell me one time that her grandma talks about me and, you know, in the moment I made a choice and I said, you know what, because it's her grandma, 
I said, maybe sometimes your grandma worries about people. Maybe she worries about me. Because I wanted to protect her relationship with her grandmother. That was more important to me than me going and saying, are you talking, what's going on? You talking about me? And then outing the kid who, who confirmed my intuition. Um, so that's how I was scapegoated, big old smear campaign. And even beyond, I, there was a time in my twenties when due to circumstances and disagreements, um, between my husband and I, I agreed to go into the hospital for a psychiatric evaluation. And the nurse that was admitting me kept saying, you don't need to be here. Why are you doing this? And I was like, no, I want to do this. People are saying that I'm crazy. I want to, you evaluate me and you tell me what's going on, if it's true. So that, that evaluation I had, I mean, in the hospital, I asked to teach yoga classes. I was talking to people I probably would never have met otherwise, you know, just being friendly and nice and trying to learn more about being a good parent, doing, you know, reading about parenting stuff, parenting magazines and all. Finally, at the end, the one of the nurses said, you know, you can go home whenever you want to. I was like, I want to go home now. <laughs> so as soon as they were able to, um, let me go out of the hospital. I, I walked out straight out, never to go back. Um, so, and then I went back to my psychiatrist that at the hospital, he would talk to me and, you know, he was discovering what was happening and he was talking to some family members and stuff. And, um, they're kind of evaluating the whole situation and he sent, he said, you are never to go back to the therapist that admitted you to the hospital. Here's who I want you to go to. So I went to his recommendation. And on the first appointment that it was a counselor, the counselor said, um, go home and live your life. You don't need to be here. Go home and live your life. Okay, thank you. And off I went, <laughs> home to live my life. Um, now, I think that there's a lot more that therapists know, and we are talking about these subjects more now so that there are tools that we can learn and find out about, discover, and that they can share with us to go and live our lives um, with ease back then. I don't know if, if we were talking about scapegoats. Um, I didn't hear about this term until my 40s. So I don't even know if there was a term for it. But that is still good advice to go and live your life. So if there's one thing that I'd like you to do today is to go out or go home wherever you are. If you're not home, go home and do something. If you're if you're at home, go out and do something. But do one thing, just one thing, to live your life. And live your life with enjoyment and ease. Because you've been given your life 
and you deserve every goodness. So go live your life. All right, we'll talk to you guys tomorrow and have a great one. Bye.